Welcome to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell, where each week you hear from safety industry experts and leaders discussing safety culture, team development, and the future of the safety industry. If you are looking for help with your safety program or have questions, head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the True Safety Podcast. I'm your co-host, Seth Silvers. I'm here with the one and only Apollonia Rockwell. Hello. Apollonia, what is something good that's happened at True Safety this week? Oh my gosh, so much has happened this week. Holy smokes. Um, Something great that has happened this week. Well, we're bringing on um, two new team members uh, that have worked with us in the past, actually. And uh, pre during COVID, we had to part ways with them. Um, and so we're bringing them back. So I'm actually really yeah. excited about that. Which is amazing because, I, I mean, I remember those hard days when we our team had to, had to shrink a little bit because of some, you know, because some clients' teams had shrunk and their services had shrunk during COVID. Yep. And, uh, and I remember everybody that we had to part ways with, they were like, you know what, if there's an opportunity to come back, like, please, like, I would love to come back. So it's, it's yep. cool to actually see that happen because a lot of, I feel like it's, it's very common for companies when they let people go to be like, yeah, we'll bring you back if we can. Yeah. See you um, next time. And there's like yeah. not a next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm super, I'm super pumped about it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So on today's podcast, we're going to talk about something that relates to a lot of safety professionals, which is the idea where oftentimes you feel under-resourced as a safety professional. You feel like it's hard to find the right training. It's hard to find access to the right tools. Um, it's just hard to have, feel like you have everything you need to have an incredible safety program, Mm -hmm. but so many things have changed. Like, I mean, even in 2020 and 2021, like over the last two years, technology access has changed so much. So first off, what are some of the things that you've seen that are holding safety professionals back from like creating the best safety program possible? Mm, Yeah, I love this question. I think it's really simple. I think the biggest thing that holds most safety professionals back is not being the expert, actually, and being willing to not be the expert of the company, of the safety um, meeting or training that you're in. I've been in so many rooms um, where the safety professional feels feels the burden, maybe, um, and maybe that's where it's deep rooted. Where maybe where this um, attitude is deep rooted is they have the burden of I have to know everything. I have to be an expert. I'm a safety director for a trucking company, for a roustabout company, and they also do uh, roofing work. And I feel like I have to be the expert in order to gain my employees' respect. So that whole thing, that whole dynamic, every safety professional can probably relate to. And to some extent, you do have to have experience in that industry, say that you're a safety professional for a oil and gas company. I mean, you do have to know the basics, but I just remember starting out thinking, wow, I, I do feel that pressure of having to learn everything that my employees are doing in order for them to listen to me. But I've seen a lot of safety professionals take that too far mm-hmm. where 
they're not the expert. They're not the welding expert. They're not the drive. They're not the the truck driver. And so since they're not the expert, they um, are not willing to listen to feedback from the employees because they're so wrapped up in being the person that has the most knowledge in the room. So that's what gets safety professionals in trouble all the time. I see it all the time. Yeah. And I think that's so, it can be frustrating, but it can also be freeing for yeah, people to realize like yeah. you don't have to be the expert on everything. Um, and I think it's the difference. Like I'm sure that you've been in, you know, sales calls or different things before where you ask a question and somebody doesn't have the answer and they don't like BS their way to a fake answer. They usually say like, you know what? I don't know, but I'm committed to figuring it out for you. And I think that always comes across well. Like I'm not going to look at somebody poorly because they're not a know-it-all, especially when they're committed to finding out the answer. And so many people like they're, they're you have access to all the answers now. You have access to, to all the answers. And yes, it's great to be an expert in in whether it's the environmental or the OSHA side of things where you know your OSHA regulations, you know, you know everything there is to know about safety. And even you're not even going to get there. There's always uh, evolving rules and regulations, but Mm -hmm. sure, being a safety expert in that realm. But I'm also talking about being the expert as far as what the company is doing and allow. And I love what you said. It's also freeing, taking that pressure off of yourself and allowing your employees, your team members to be the experts at their craft. So that way, instead of production and safety, fighting, 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 butting heads, there's, uh, there's this freeing, um, communication and partnership between the two where your safety and you're trying to, um, you're trying to make them successful as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think safety professionals need to look at themselves as more of a guide. Yes. Um, a resource, a guide, a yeah, coach, like you're a guiding, yeah, you're guiding your audience, you're guiding your people, your workers to the answer or to the solution. And sometimes that's going to come directly from you. And sometimes you're going to guide them through someone else and that's totally fine. Absolutely. So, with how technology has changed, especially throughout 2020 and 2021, what's more accessible for safety professionals now than maybe it was three or four years ago? Uh, Yeah, I would say that ironically training materials, I mean, basic training templates, training materials, safety policies, templates, templates, these are more accessible and they're better. I'm not saying that you're still going to find amazing uh, safety training online as far as going to the OSHA website and what can I get here? I mean, but, you know, Safeland for my safety professionals in the oil and gas industry, Safeland, H2S, even the resources on the OSHA website are, are far more updated than they were five years ago, 10 years ago. And you can at least use it as a starting point. I remember starting out as a safety professional almost 10 years ago, thinking, where the heck do I start? I'm so lost. I don't know where to go. And, and it's true 10 years ago, as it is today, that 
OSHA.com, the freaking OSHA website is going to be your best resource. If, um, I mean, that is incredible. It's an incredible up-to-date resource as far as staying plugged into the fatalities that are going on in your industry. Those are great statistics to show showcase to your team. I shouldn't say showcase, but it's something that we need to be aware of. Hey, we're a roofing company. This is how many people died last quarter, last year from, from fall incidents. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's important to know that that way there's, um, that way you have some substance when you're having a basic fall protection safety meeting and people are thinking, why in the world are we in this meeting? And it's like, this is why this is how many families lost their dad, lost their mom last year. And so, um, the OSHA website is still, is still huge and we can get into more resources, but that's still a great one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, say you mentioned safe land, safe land is, you know, an amazing, course for oil and gas companies that like we've, we've been offering it for a while in person and people have been coming to our Greeley office, but then once the pandemic started, that couldn't happen. And so then, you know, PEC realized, okay, we need to be doing this virtual because people still have to go to work. They still need the training. Um, and now we're still doing it virtual and in person. Now we're doing it back in person, but also, you know, every single week we have people from all over the country that are taking our safe land class. And that wasn't possible a couple of years ago. So I think even some simple things like that, I want to talk about a couple like key areas where access people just have access to more things. Um, one of those is going to be the virtual safety training. Uh, where uh, there, you know, previously a lot higher percentage of people were just doing in-person training. Um, now there's way more access to virtual safety training and safety training of a higher quality. Tell me a little bit about why it's important for safety professionals that maybe feel like they don't have unlimited resources to be taking advantage of virtual safety training. Yeah, I think that, um, Virtual safety training we're seeing right now post pandemic, a lot of companies are are starting to have game plans of what if this happens again, I think that it would be dangerous for any company, any size, any industry to go back to our old way of thinking that a pandemic could never happen again. I mean, we have to accept that as a, as a reality now. And so to move forward and to minimize risk for your company, it's, it's important and it's smart to still have a game plan of what do we do if we can't group up, group up again. And also, so many companies realized, all right, we have remote teams, and this is even post-pandemic, but we didn't really address this as it as these situations came up, but the but the pandemic really um, shined light on it was that not it is unrealistic to think everyone is coming to your safety meetings. It's unrealistic, even if you have a home base, um, even if you have one office and uh, you're a Colorado based company and people are coming into your, um, coming into your office here or there. It's important to realize that, Hey, it's safe. We have to reach people that miss our safety meetings that, um, we're expanding across, um, you know, even the state. And so it's important that those employees are still trained and that is how virtual training comes in and plays to your advantage because no one is missed. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's huge, hugely important for people to be 
giving the resources so that everybody can have access to that. So the people that maybe aren't able to come to safety training meetings or, you know, uh, come to your, you know, weekly standups or whatever it might be, they still have access to it. And the good thing is like, even on a practical level, like devices, like phones, like are getting more and more advanced. So it's just more possible for people to be taking advantage of that wherever they are, whether they're waiting in their truck um, for some inspection or something or whatever, like people can truly have access to training wherever they are. Another thing that people have more access to now is really some of the core classes that are needed like OSHA 10 and OSHA 30. So let's take a few minutes to dive into both of those. Cause that's something that, you know, now we're offering to people all over the country. Um, and that's more accessible to where that priority, we always wanted to offer virtual OSHA 10, OSHA 30, but it was like in the last two years, that priority jumped to the top because we really, you know, obviously with everything going on with the pandemic. So first off, like for OSHA 10, like let's just take a minute to dive into like the big overview of what is OSHA 10 and why is it important that people can access that virtually and take those classes virtually? Yeah, so OSHA 10 hour is provided for both general industry and construction industry. And so this is going to be your basic awareness, your basic safety awareness courses. And it's important that your employees go through this. One, it's probably going to be required for any of your clients. But number two, if someone is brand new and you know our job market is crazy right now and people that maybe were walk, working at Walmart or Target or retail, whatever, they're now entering the construction workforce. So these basic awareness topics are big because this might be their first first, um, their first exposure to what exactly are, what exactly is OSHA? And that's the first thing that we talk about is an overview of OSHA's mission. And then you go into what are some of the basics? What are the, some of the the bare basics of rules I need to abide by while working on a job site, keeping myself safe and the people I work with safe. So that's OSHA 10. Mm -hmm. Which is, Obviously very important. That's why it's one of the classes that OSHA says, Hey, you need to take this, um, for a lot of industries. It's, you know, kind of one of the required ones, but it's important for people to realize it's more accessible now. Like you can take it where you're at. Um, what about OSHA 30? OSHA 30 is now more accessible. Uh, it's easier for people to take it from wherever they are and whatever device they are. That's something that now we offer at true safety services, but what is, like what's the difference between OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 and why is it important for people to know that they can now, you can take OSHA 30 virtually. Absolutely. So OSHA 10 hour, and then you have your OSHA 30 hour, both similar in you have general industry and your construction industry tailored, um, classes. And so you have two options there. And the OSHA 30 hour is obviously going to be a more in-depth, um, a more in-depth class and experience. And so your OSHA 10 hour is really for your, um, frontline worker. So the person that's actually going to be, um, executing the work and the OSHA 30 is mainly for your supervisors and for your safety professionals. So it's strongly recommended that anybody in a leadership position, a supervisor position, if you have uh, field site safety, any safety level, um, that they're taking these courses too, because the idea is that you have more knowledge as a supervisor on the job site and you're able to, you're able to, um, 
set your expectations different, but you're also you're going to have those tools so that way you can mentor the team too. I mean, it's, it's great to take the 30 hour, but if you're holding all that information in for yourself, that doesn't, that defeats the purpose of the training. Right. And so you want to share that knowledge with your team always with any training, but that would be your OSHA 30 hour. Yeah. Which is again, hugely important just for, for safety professionals to realize whether it's training for your team or training for yourself, as the safety professional, like there's, you have access to those trainings, like where you're at now, maybe you're in a remote location. Um, maybe you're not near any like in-person trainers. It's more possible to get the training and the resources that you need. And I think this has been helpful just to help safety professionals realize like there's more access to resources. Like if you feel under-resourced, whether you don't have time, you don't have budget, maybe you don't have the training team that you need. Um, you have the resources that you need. I'd love to kind of hear final thoughts from you on that, on that, as we bring this to a close. Yeah. My biggest final thought is that anyone who's ever experienced an OSHA 10 or OSHA 30, they're probably listening, thinking, oh my gosh, this class is out of control. It's so boring. It's so basic. And sometimes safety professionals feel like they have their hands tied because we do have to use OSHA's resources and training materials for this class. But I'll tell you this is just because we have to use a certain PowerPoint um, provided to us doesn't mean that it stops there. You can always, always lifen up your training by making every single module very specific to what your employees are doing. And that's going to be your best bet when, if you're the instructor teaching this class for your company, or if you're about to send your employees through a class and you're a safety professional and you're sending everyone um, in virtually to take an OSHA 10 or 30 hour class, have a follow-up. I mean, there, there, there's no rules that say that you, that the OSHA 10 stops there once the certificate is received. How about do your own quiz? And maybe it's applicable um, to every subject that the employee went through. It's a, let's say it's an OSHA 10, so it's really basic. Um, maybe have some job specific scenarios for each of those subjects and throw that 20 questionnaire, 20 question um, survey or questionnaire at your employees just to make sure that they really got it. And that is crucial because we hear about it on the safety, safety side of things is like, or, or the owners or the leadership management of the company is, oh my gosh, we just sent everybody through OSHA 10. We, you know, we're investing in our employees and everybody's still getting hurt. Nobody's listening. And this is where this maybe hatred comes uh, these thoughts towards safety is why well, send my employees through training, but nothing's happening. We're still having the same incident rate. Think about it. Do something different. We, yes, everyone knows that OSHA 10 and 30 hour can be very basic. Life in it up, take responsibility, do something different and you'll get different results. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I hope that everybody is hearing, hearing that like you have access to, to the resources and, um, yes, some of these trainings are the same PowerPoints, but like for us, that's why we, that's why we make sure that the people that are training it have, uh, 
have real field experience. They're not just coming out of university, not just coming out of a classroom to teach it, but they're coming off the field. And so they have real experiences. And I think that adds a lot to it. So this has been wonderful Apollonia and to you listeners. I hope that this is, is encouraging and just helping you to understand, uh, you have more resources at your disposable at your disposal than maybe you've thought. And uh, every single day, there's more and more resources being made available for safety professionals to where even if you have a tight safety budget or you're a one man or one woman team, um, you you can get help. Like you can get the support that you need to have an awesome safety program. So, And I would I love you know, to hear feedback if somebody yeah. is listening and they have really done something different with their OSHA 10 or 30 hour classes. If you're the instructor and you've just you've done something you've added to the class or you've done something afterwards to really make sure that it's sticking. Um, I would love to hear about it and we could start a conversation just because that's, mm-hmm. oh, that I would love it. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Apollonia, as always, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And to everybody listening, we'll see you next time on the true safety podcast. Yep. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the true safety podcast with Apollonia Rockwell. If you are looking to save time and money with your safety program this year, we'd love to hear from you. Head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast to schedule a free call with our team, where we will help you identify the biggest opportunities for growth in your company and safety program, and we'll connect you with the right resources to help you grow. Again, that is truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you know anyone who needs to hear this episode today, click the share button and send them this episode. 